you're listening to the Glow Radio Podcast. I'm Jacqueline, a spiritual baddie and astrology nerd. You can expect raw and unfiltered conversations around trauma healing, relationships, astrology, health, and career. I'm here to share my resources so that you can truly turn your dreams into a reality. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Glow Radio, episode 101. Isn't it crazy that this podcast has over 100 episodes now? I'm just shook at that. And before we dive into the episode today, I wanted to jump on here, just do a little intro before we get into it. So today we have a special guest. His name is Tom King. He is the founder of Guy Gone Keto. And even though I don't practice a keto lifestyle myself, I find that there's always something interesting we can learn from other successful individuals. So today we go into his journey of health, business, all sorts of things, and he has a few really good nuggets in this episode. So I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Glow Radio. Today, I have a special guest joining me. His name is Tom King. He is a CEO who is passionate about health, food. So I'm excited to learn more about his story. Welcome, Tom. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. I appreciate you uh, having me on. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, me too. So first of all, how about you tell us a little bit about your background, how you started your business for anyone who doesn't know you? Um, yeah, that's a long path. And I it started in, you know, in the early 90s. I was living in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, I ran into a gentleman who came when who just returned from Paraguay. And he had like all these different herbs and stuff that he got from the rainforest. And one of them in particular, he opened the jar and he's like, you should try this. And it was a green paste and I was up for it. So I tried it and it was, it was really sweet. It was like 25 times sweeter than sugar, but it, it wasn't sugar. It had some bitter notes to it and stuff like that. And so I asked the guy, I'm like, Hey, so, what is this? Is this sugar? Is this some kind of unrefined sugar? And he said, this is the stevia leaf. And I'm like, so this is coming from a leaf and it doesn't have any sugar, any calories or any carbs. And that was, I think, me taking the red pill. Because after that, it was like, I was down the rabbit hole. Like I wanted to find out why this plant was sweet and what in it was making it sweet. And I wanted to find a way to get those sweet constituents out of the leaf to be used as a a sweetener, Um, particularly to, you know, like a natural version of NutraSweet, which was aspartame at the time. And that's, that was sort of the genesis of it all. Awesome. So let's rewind even a bit further back. So what were you doing before you met this person? (laughs) (laughs) I was in the radio industry. So I was working for a radio, well, I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, and went to the University of Colorado and um, had, got a job as a, uh, as a DJ on a public radio station. So radio was kind of like in my blood. And so when I moved to Arizona, you know, I thought I was going to be famous. And so <laughs> I'm like, I'm here. So just start me in morning drive. And it didn't really work out that way because everybody's like, 
you're from Boulder, Colorado. We don't know who you are and you want a job for $5 an hour, you know, doing overnights and there's no way I could survive on that. So, um, so I got into sales and I really didn't have any sales experience either, like no sales experience. So I had, uh, moved in with a friend. I was sleeping on his floor and smoking a lot of pot every day and drinking beer and not really, you know, not really finding myself. And, you know, I, I interviewed at a bunch of radio stations and, you know, asked them like, well, I'm here to sell. And they're like, do you have any sales experience? And I'm like, well, no, I don't have any sales experience. So I went back to, I went back to sort of ground zero, if you will, and of sitting next to the pool and smoking weed and feeling sorry for myself. And then I read a, um, I was reading the one ads and I saw an ad in the um, paper that said, we'll train you to sell free, you know, free sales lessons. And it was a used car lot. And so I learned my sales skills on a used car lot in a 110 degree summer. And that was, that was the real beginning. And then, so then I started, you know, I couldn't get a job on, on air because they didn't want me, but I, I did get a job in sales and, you know, that was, that's how I ran into this guy who had the Stevia leads because he was a prospective client. Wow. That is so interesting. <laughs> so how did your transition go towards health? Like, how did you go from like sales to being passionate about health and fitness? Um, well, I grew up on a farm, so I, I was always, I would say, connected to the country, if you will. Um, but, you know, I think about the time when I got into college and maybe the end of high school, I developed like the worst sugar addiction. Like I would literally take a can of Pepsi and empty a bag of M&Ms in it because it wasn't quite sweet enough for me. So I had this really bad sugar addiction, which started really sort of affecting me, you know, like affecting my sleep, my nervous system, you know, and then I also, you know, started like gaining weight, like I would gain weight and then, you know, I would feel a little fat and then I would start dieting. And so it created this sort of yo-yo experience where I would be fat and then I would be skinny, skinny fat, <laughs> fat again. And so I, <clears throat> I think about the time when I discovered, you know, when I ran into the stevia leaf, that was when, you know, I really felt like I needed to make a lifestyle change. Like I needed to get a grip on my sugar consumption. And so it's, um, that's when all things converged. So did you make the lifestyle changes first or did you kind of dive into the business right away? What was the beginning steps like? So I dove into the business right away. Um, you know, I was, I was real focused on how do we unlock these sweet constituents out of the leaves, but we do it in a natural way so it, it, it can maintain its sort of natural status. And so, um, so I had a, you know, my day job, my day hustle was, you know, to support my, my nighttime hustle, um, which, and weekend hustle, which was growing, you know, the stevia business. Um, so I hired chemists that came up with a, uh, a method of using hot water to extract, you know, to extract the sweetness out of the leaves. And I mean, it was a four to five year process of finding 
the right method. And then I had to find like a co-manufacturer, somebody who already had a factory that could do it for me. So um, yeah, so I found that and then started bringing it into the country. And um, yeah, it was almost immediately then the FDA banned it. So it was, it was like, wait. So um, yeah, so I had to continue, you know, selling the product at only health food stores. And in 2008, um, the FDA finally approved stevia and stevia extract as uh, um, for use in, you know, in food processing. Wow, that sounds like quite the journey. <laughs> it's been a journey. So I saw that you also practice like mindfulness, you're mm. into meditation, journaling. Mm. Could you tell us a bit about that and how it fits into your lifestyle? Um, well, I would have to say the journaling, the journaling part of it, like I, I've journaled since 1994. So I have like stacks of these journals that I've, um, that I've been writing, writing in, but I don't, it, it was probably six years ago when I got super serious about journaling, like really, you know, looked at trying to create a, uh, a method, you know, to, you know, that best worked for me. And I think that what was, I think the catalyst for that was I was in Vegas and um, I went out to dinner with one of our suppliers and just had steak and cake and mashed potatoes and a bottle of wine and I got up in my room and you know I just looked at myself in the mirror and it's like I, I was just like a hot mess like you know I was carrying 35 pounds of extra weight my blood pressure was elevated you know I mean it just I wasn't li living my best self and I felt like really kind of an imposter since our company services so many you know keto brands and stuff like that and so at that point I think sort of the pain of my behavior exceeded the pleasure that I was deriving from it. And I started writing it down. Like I started writing down my experiences of, you know, what it's going to take to, uh, uh, to make a lifestyle change. And after a year I had a book and it got picked up by a publisher. And that's when I published Guy Gone Keto and when I adopted the ketogenic lifestyle. So it was really, it was a matter of just the journal sort of took me there. Um, and I haven't, and I haven't stopped journaling since. It's the first, that's the, the thing I do first thing in the morning, like grab some coffee, crack open a blank page and, and start writing. And it really sort of creates the foundation for making your day a masterpiece. So I, that's one thing I, I do religiously every single day. I love that. So when you're journaling, do you have certain prompts that you usually follow or do you just kind of go day by day intuitively? How's that like? That's a really good question because I, you know, I talk about journaling a lot and I also have like, you know, people that I've given journals to and they've asked me, well, what do I do with this now? Um, because a lot of times it's hard to sit in front of a blank page and figure out what you're going to write down. And what works for me, and I think that, and, I, and I've given this advice to a lot of other people, is just simply ask yourself a question, you know? I mean, there's a million questions that you can ask yourself, like, what did I do yesterday that I did right? Um, what did I, what am I going to do today that I didn't do yesterday to make today a better day? What am I grateful for? Um, what are the things I want to let go of? 
you know, like fear and stuff like that. So I think the journaling process starts with asking yourself a question and continuing to ask yourself and then you answer it back and pretty soon you've got a full page set up and you know, you've got your day set before you. I really like that because I feel like nice. sometimes when I'm journaling, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts in my mind. And then when I bring the journal out, I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> so I feel like the having the questions are kind of like interviewing yourself in a way. I really like that. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. And it just simply starts with a question at the top of your journal. Just write your question. And once you run out of words, ask yourself another question. Totally. So I want to know a little bit more about your keto journey. So how did you find out about this lifestyle and how did you transition to that? Well, I mean, I've always known about keto um, because a lot of the companies that I work with, you know, that we supply sweeteners to um, and formulating to, they're, they're all keto companies. And so, I mean, I, I know the, the nutritional basis for, well, I knew the traditional basis for, uh, you know, for the nutritionals of, of keto, but I just didn't follow it, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, but I like pizza, you know, and I like French fries. But I think that, you know, once I hit that point of like the pain of my behavior exceeding the pleasure, I really got serious about it. And then, you know, took a good hard look at, you know, how can I shift, you know, how can I shift my lifestyle? And it was pretty simple. I mean, cause keto, a lot of people think, Oh, I'm just only going to be eating meat and cheese. And it's like, that's totally not it. It's just seven, 70% fat, 20% protein and 10% carbs. And all those carbs just come from veggies. And if you just can follow those macros, you're going to see, you know, amazing results. A lot of people think, Hey, I'm just going to do it for weight loss. But I would tell I would encourage people to think that's really just the beginning because the, the, the main thing that you get from it is just mental clarity. Like your mind just clears up and, you know, you have a ton more energy. So is it challenging for you to do kind of like daily lifestyle things? Like let's say you, a friend wants you to go out for a meal with them. How do you kind of navigate that? Uh, you use discipline. <laughs> so and 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 quite honestly it's like the past year and a half with covid has been tough like it's really been tough you know exercising discipline because you know food is such a uh, a comforting thing and you know it's easy to slip into you know bad habits like when you're sitting across from somebody who's has a big plate of french fries and you just reach over and have a couple and that's sort of like what you know what starts to unravel it but the beauty of it is you can always just go back to it like you can always find keto again and so you know while I haven't been perfect in the past year and a half I'm super focused now I do like that though because I feel like the goal is not to be perfect at it but as long as your priority is health in your mind that's kind of all that matters mm-hmm so back to business a little bit. I want to know more about what goals you have for your company and what's coming up next for you. Um, well, I mean, I kind of have two companies. So I have the Gaigon Keto brand, which is our ketogenic friendly uh, condiments. Um, 
I mean, the things that are coming up new for me and that are expanding our product lines. So we've got eight different condiments now. Um, and I just want to start branching into, you know, into other categories. Like I've got a line of like eight cocktail mixes, um, you know, so people that are on keto can have a mixed drink if they want without all the sugar. So on that end, it's like the guy gone keto is sort of my, that's, that's my passion. Like I love formulating and it's, you know, it, it's what I do on, on a daily basis, but um, you know, the weekends and stuff like that, I do get the time to like dive into new products under the guy gone keto brand. Um, as far as like icon foods goes, I mean, that's our ingredient company, you know, and we provide like keto, paleo, uh, low carb brands, you know, with, with sweeteners, fibers, and also formulations. So I work daily on reformulating a lot of our customers' products to get their sugar out, or, you know, <clears throat> if they need just some different kind of functionality with that brand. I mean, <clears throat> with, with our ingredient side, we're definitely expanding our inclusions. And so inclusions are like when you have ice cream and you see little chunks of cookie, you see little chunks of, you know, like chocolate chips or mint chips or sprinkles and stuff like that. We're really looking at expanding, you know, the, the level of inclusions that we're, you know, that we're uh, bringing to market. And so, which is really exciting for us because, you know, like frozen dairy and I mean, and frozen desserts, I mean, they're a huge category, um, but there's so much sugar in them. And so now we're going to be able to bring it, bring a lot more excitement to, you know, those frozen desserts, you know, like uh, no added sugar cookies and bars and stuff like that with, with a lot of these um, inclusions. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it sounds very exciting. <laughs> so being a CEO of two companies, what do you feel like is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned through this journey? leadership. I mean, a hundred percent leadership because, you know, <clears throat> the thing is, is that I, the way I look at it, it's like, you're, you're the sum of the five people closest to you. And so you really, if you're running an enterprise, you really need to surround yourself by the very, very best people. And I mean, cause that's going to, that's going to make you more successful but I think you can only surround yourself by sex, by successful people um, through creating collaborative environment and being a good leader. So it's every single day I work on my leadership skills, you know, my willingness to do any job at the company, you know, and looking out for my employees first, you know, and my colleagues first and, and always putting myself second. So, um, leadership it, it is it's key and it's something i work on every day are there any big mistakes that you have made in the past that were very much learning experiences for you which day <laughs> <laughs> every day every day is a learning experience for me you know and i think that um i mean i've made some really really stupid mistakes you know like bringing on partners with you know, various projects and, uh, you know, overextending myself a couple times because I was, um, I was too attached to being right about something. And so, I mean, every day, seriously, every day, there's an opportunity, you know, to learn from, you know, these human experiences that we have. So, and, and I'm also grateful for it. Like, I'm grateful for, you know, 
joyful experiences because they're awesome, right? But it's the ones that are challenging and painful that that really caused you to learn and grow. And those are the ones that I'm looking looking out for. Like, and all all the people that work, you know, with me, you know, I they always like I always push them to tell me what we can do differently and what we did wrong, you know, because if you don't take it personally, right? And you just look at it as a way to learn and grow. I mean, you can use it as a real, like a, a serious power tool, you know, when you, when you make mistakes. And so I try to make them as often as I can. <laughs> yeah, that's really awesome. I feel like that's something that I'm currently pushing myself to do because I found that I used to have such a big fear of making mistakes, mm. but this month I'm actually making a list of all the mistakes that I'm making so that awesome. I can kind of share about it later. I, I think that that's absolutely awesome. And if you look at each one of those mistakes and then the lessons that they bring, I mean, <laughs> you just can't help but being grateful for them. Totally. So um, what is something that you would tell someone who's beginning their health journey? What is some advice that you would give them? Um, if you're beginning a health journey, number one is to to create a plan, you know, to, to set an outcome, right? Describe your intention and describe your outcome of what you want to achieve. And then I would say, build small steps, quantifiable, small steps. Like that's your action plan. Like if you're, if you're, if you're seeking good health and let's say part of this, part of your process is you, you want to lose weight, then number one, you know, make it on your list that you will adopt a different lifestyle, whether it's keto, paleo, low carb, or just calorie reduction. Or if you decide to go plant-based that, you know, you take those steps, like clean out the refrigerator, clean out the cabinets, you know, and you do that, you do those quantifiable steps, you know, and that's called the process, you know, and then, then fall in love with the process. Like you engage and fall in love with the process and periodic, periodically come back to see what your results are if you're getting closer to the outcome. But I think that if you can release your attachment to the outcome and really immerse yourself in process and love process, that the outcome is just sort of a natural sort of progression of being you know, committed to your plan. Hmm. I like that. I like how you said, let go of the attachment. I feel like oh, yeah. that is like the key thing that so many of us struggle with, myself included. Mm. But letting go is definitely important. Well, it, letting go of expectations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like letting go of attachments is like, I think that that's, I mean, absolutely key. But expectations, I would say expectations are even more important because you can you can release attachment to things you know, and that's going to get you so far, but it's the expectations, you know, it's the expectations that kick our ass, like, you know, getting up in the morning and you expect the, to, the scale to say, you know, 110 pounds. And instead it says 115 and you're like, what, wait, that's not what I expected. Or, you know, you expect, you expected a pair of pants to fit you and you tried them on and it's like, they're still too tight, but you expected that to happen. Um, 
from my perspective, my expectations have have always exceeded reality, you know, because your mind is like super fertile with all of these different ideas like, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars or I'm going to do whatever. And you build these expectations up and they don't have anything to do with reality. And that means that you're not staying present, right? If you have expectations, it means that you're not staying present and you're not staying in alignment with your with your action plan and you're not you know present with it that's totally true the other day i was saying something like a lot of issues arise for us because we tend to over promise and then under deliver either to ourselves or in our relationships sure. and i'm like if we're just realistic with ourselves and try to under promise then we can over deliver and then everything will work out much better absolutely so where can everyone find your products online and just tell us about where can we find you um well if you're interested in the guy gone keto products uh you can just go to guygonketo.com. um you can get my book there if you want to read it uh some people like it i like it <laughs> but you can also like you know see our our line of condiments if you get on our newsletter you can see some of the crazy stuff that i'm uh trying to develop like i have a um a keto keto mouth killer which is a tooth powder that i'm working on so if you get on the list you you can kind of see see the things i'm working on um any of the socials guy gone keto on instagram twitter Facebook. I'm not super great at Facebook. I don't know why. I just never really enjoyed it. But um, you can still find me there. If you go on LinkedIn, you can find me there. Guy uh, Keto. So yeah, reach out. Um, if you want to DM me with questions, I'm, I'm always available. Perfect. So just before we end off here, I have one last question. Nice. And I was curious, what is one of your most proudest accomplishments? in your life since I feel like you've achieved so many things what is something that you're the most proud of I would have to say the thing that I'm most proud of I mean it always changes because I I don't really get fixated on things you know that are too far in the past like hey you know I ran a 50-yard touchdown or something like that I think the thing that I'm most proud of right now is um accomplishing my goal of reducing my possessions like I'm trying to reduce all of my possessions down to one page, like on a, on a spreadsheet. Like these are the things that I own, like six knives, six forks, six spoons. Like I want to get my possessions down so I can be light and limber. So that is, and it's been hard. It's been super hard. Like yesterday, you know, I sold my motorcycle and, and I teared up and I was like, where is this coming from? So, um, yeah, I would say the, the thing that I'm most proud of myself right now is, is letting go of my possessions and, and lightening, like reducing my footprint. I like that. That's very inspiring. Thank you. Well, thank you, Tom, so much for your time today. I feel like you shared a lot of wisdom about health, business, so I'm sure it'll benefit a lot of the listeners. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jacqueline. I, I totally appreciate it. You had some really, really great questions and yeah, thank you so much.